It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's up, man? Not too much. So uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about some draft nuggets that came out uh, from Tony Pauline on draftanalyst.com. Uh, a couple of things pertaining to the Titans that are pretty interesting. And then we'll talk about the chances that Nashville ends up with a draft in the next couple of years, 2018 and 2019. Uh, those, the location for those drafts are going to be decided pretty soon, and, and Nashville is in, in the running. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about the odds of, of what well, well, we think the odds are of the Titans getting one here. But before we do that, I remind you, we're right from UCDMiracles.com. Uh, so check us out there. Um, trying to gather ideas to write about during this offseason. So if you have any input or anything there, you can leave a comment on the site or you can get us on Twitter at LockedOnTitans is the podcast uh, Twitter account. If you have any ideas about things you want us to talk about or whatever, uh, hit us up there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. Um, okay, so Tony Pauline, I guess it was last night, came out with um, a couple of things that were interesting from – the, the Titans draft said that the Titans were targeting Leighton Vander Esch in the first round, but that they went to their contingency plan and selected a Rashawn Evans after v- Vander Esch was scooped up by Dallas. Dallas took Vander Esch at 19. Um, no surprise there. I mean, they had made it pretty clear to the world that they were interested in him and, and that we, we kind of all thought that was a place that he could be going. Um, but interesting that, you know, Pauline says that that was the Titans first plan. So, you know, it makes you wonder if, if they called around to see what it would take to move up, maybe in front of Dallas or maybe with Dallas, to get him. Um, and then, you know, what what the, what the difference in cost would have been to move from, you know, where they were, 2025, 20, right? Is that what they had initially? Yeah. Um, to move from there to 18 or 19 versus moving from 25 to 22, which is where they selected Rashawn Evans. So, you know, we talked about the Van Der thing because it was interesting. You know, he was supposed to come here for a visit. And then, you know, they canceled it, and it, it was reported that, um, you know, that they, they did that because they thought he'd be off the board at the time. And we, we, we said that was kind of weird. But looking back, it, it sounds like John Robinson was just kind of trying to play some mind games. Yeah, two main takeaways there. Number one, I think it's pretty clear that the Titans felt like inside linebacker was their number one need. Uh, I think they were really comfortable taking Evans or Vander Esch. And they were just going to kind of see which one fell to them. Uh, this Pauline report kind of suggests that they may have uh, preferred Vander Esch if it were between the two. Uh, the other thing is, John Robinson absolutely played the media. Uh, I mean, we've heard that the Titans are one of the toughest nuts to crack in terms of getting information, getting uh, free agent information, getting draft information out. Um, so that's interesting. And, and, you know, he talked about Evans and how he didn't visit and how that was kind of a, uh, a designed thing, uh, to, to throw people off. So, uh, you know, frustrating for us, uh, who, who chase all this information, uh, throughout draft season and just, just want to get an idea of who they're going to pick. Uh, but really cool. You know, they they keep things under wraps. Uh, they're they're really tight lipped. Uh, you can trust everybody in the the organization to to carry out John Robinson's plan. Uh, but really, the main takeaway for me is, is the inside linebacker thing. Uh, it, it's pretty safe to say that that was their number one need. 
Yeah, and it's funny too, like you're saying about with the media and stuff, how many conversations did we have or did we see it written about, you know, well, we can assume the Titans are going to draft a player from this list because in John Robinson's first two drafts, he's drafted a guy that visited. And, I mean, you know, there, there were just these two or three different like tendencies that John Robinson had. And, and he, we, told, we talked about that, um, about how, you know, he, he kind of said maybe that was a, that was a thing that they, they did this year on purpose so that, you know, that the other teams couldn't look, you know, next year and say, okay, well, the, you know, the Titans didn't have this guy in for a visit. And they've never drafted somebody in the first round they didn't have him for a visit. So we know they're not going to take him. So, you know, just stuff like that, that that's important um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, yeah, like you were saying, it, it, it seems pretty apparent here that, that they were going to come out of the first round with an inside linebacker. Um, and, and you would assume that they had Van Der Esch and, and uh, Evans graded pretty closely. Um, you know, and if you if you believe this report um, that they – they preferred Van Der Esch, but I mean, I don't, I don't think there's that big of a difference in how they felt between the two. And so, you know, once Van Der Esch was gone, he knew he was going to move up to make sure he got one of the two. Um, so not, not really unlike, and we talked about this a little bit with Mike Keith and, and, and a couple other times last year where he went ahead and took Corey Davis at five, where, you know, some people were like, Oh, that was a reach. They didn't need to take him there. But you knew that the Titans had to come out of that, out of that draft with a receiver and a cornerback in the first round. Uh, there were, you know, just back to that draft quickly. There were three receivers. Uh, you had you had Davis, you had um, Mike Williams from Clemson, and you had John Ross from Washington. Those were the three guys that were that were first round picks that you know everybody had first round grades on. Um, you know, and I don't know how he felt about the other two guys, but I think Robinson realized that none of those three were going to be there at eighteen, so he went ahead and picked this guy at five. Um, so I mean, I just I'm just really amazed at his overall sense of how the draft is falling how it's playing out and the ability to you know start a run if that's what he thinks needs to be done or wait it out and then move up to get a guy like he did with Evans this year so I mean it just seems like and again we're all of this is a lot of speculation on our part but it seems like for being such a young guy young GM he just has a really good sense for how the first round of the draft is going to play out yeah, with Vander Esch, you knew he was heavily connected to the Cowboys. So uh, you, you had Seattle at 18, but you had Green Bay come up and get Jair Alexander. Uh, you had the Chargers at 17 take Derwin James. You'd probably be hard-pressed to move them off of that pick. You had the Bills come up and trade with Baltimore and get Tremaine Edwards. So that's three spots that, that were probably hard to get in front of Dallas at 19. And if they loved Vander Esch as much as they said they did, uh, they certainly weren't moving down either. So I would guess that, that John Robinson at least made a phone call uh, to you know Seattle and Baltimore and Los Angeles and said, hey, what would it take to get up there? So uh, I, I think you're right, though. I think they were close close enough on the board to where he was okay with as long as they got one uh, and, and sort of filled that need, uh, the immediate need going into the 2018 season. Yeah, so – um, and, and then another note, just from that the Pauline thing, talking about Harold Landry said that the, at least according to Pauline, the, part of the reason he fell one was the injury stuff, and then two was that he did not come across very well during interviews. Now this is the only place that I've heard that. Um, I, I don't 
pictured John Robinson as being a guy that is going to, you know, spend as much as he did to come and get Landry if, if he's a guy that he doesn't feel comfortable with. Now, I don't know. Who knows what he didn't come off very well in interviews means. Um, and, and Pauline also said there's some concern about him playing the run, which, I mean, you know, I guess that that's fine. Like, and I, I think those concerns are, are warranted. But the Titans need a guy to come in and get off the passer. Um, that, that's the, that's the, the, really the only thing they needed, in my opinion, out of this draft. And, you know, you can, you can do other things to, you know, to, to work with that if he's not a great run defender. So, you know, if, if those are the reasons, as, as long as the injury stuff ends up, you know, being clear, um, he doesn't have anything that's going to be a chronic thing that's going to, you know, limit his NFL career or that's going to bother him, um, you know, while he's with the Titans. You know, I I don't know. I'm not overly concerned about his ability to hold up against the run at this point. Yeah, it's something that I personally think is overblown with these pass rushers. Uh, You you heard the same thing about Vic Beasley being 235 pounds or whatever. Uh, If dude can go out and get 15 sacks, you know, who cares? That, That is the most important defensive position, most important position outside of quarterback. Uh, so if you can go get after the passer, I, I don't. As long as you're just not giving up on every play against the run, I, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, so that was a big knock with Landry, and you know, the, again, if he puts up the production uh, coming off the edge for the Titans, I'm not going to care too much about how he plays the run. Exactly. Yeah. If he's getting double digit sacks, like I said, they they can do other things. They he doesn't have to be in there on early day. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of things they can do if he really is that bad against the run. And again, we'll just we'll see. We don't we don't really know what the answer is to that, and we won't know until we see him on an NFL field. Um, I think that is pretty much all from that that we want to hit on. Again, Terry wrote a post on that on MusicMiracles.com last night. If you wanted to see that, I mean, he, he, uh, Pauline had good things to say about Crookshank and Luke Falk, um, a guy that uh, apparently he's pretty high on, um, uh, you know, saying he was surprised he was there in the sixth round. And obviously we did a, did an episode on him. If you, if you missed that last week with Mark Schoenfield, um, about Falk and his ability and, and he's high on him too. Probably. I think he, I think it's safe to say he was higher on him than either one of us were. Um, which is probably a good thing because we've been talking about how you, when they take when you get draft picks in and then you get this this gap now between you're drafted and when they're on the field, uh, we start to like watch you know highlight videos and and buy into some things and then not that we're you know saying he's going to push Marcus Mariota, but you know you, you can you can easily convince yourself that you know Luke Falk has a chance to be an NFL starter that you know that they've got three of these undrafted free agents they still haven't confirmed which is weird, but um, um, three of these undrafted free agents, they're, they're going to be pro bowler. You know, I mean, we, we get into all that stuff this time of year. But it was good to have a guy from the outside, um, you know, to have some good things to say about Falcon, obviously a, a project and, and whatever. But I don't know, that, that made me feel a little bit better about that pick. Yeah, every fan base uh, it has those people uh, that will absolutely trash a pick on Thursday night. And then Friday morning, they're, they're tweeting off gifts and saying, hey, there might be something here. Yeah, so it's different once you've got that guy in hand and you're kind of forced to live with him. So you can do a lot of uh, talking yourself into guys. So uh, with Falk, I just can't, I just can't get out of my head how he was benched at Washington State. Uh, I just that seems odd to me that, that such a prolific passer that would go so cold to the point of where Michael Leach would would have to to put him on the bench. But I mean, he's not going to play. He's not going to play early. Uh, developmental guy and, and you know he's 
got two or three years before he's even a number two quarterback. That's probably the plan with him. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so that'll do it for that part of this. Like I said, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the odds that Nashville gets a draft in the next couple of years. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the owners' meetings are coming up uh, at some point here in the next next month or so. At that point, they will decide where the next two NFL drafts will be hosted, so the 2019-2020 drafts. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Terry. The finalists, Nashville, Cleveland slash Canton, Vegas and Denver, is that the list? In Kansas City, yeah. In Kansas City, okay. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think with everything Nashville has going for it right now, uh, just the, the way the city is growing, it's, you know, kind of the, the hot it city, um, and, and there's all that. Uh, downtown is, is very convenient for something like that. You've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of space down there that you can use. A lot of stuff that's walkable. It's obviously there's a lot of stuff you know down there at the riverfront and all that that's that's made for concert venues and that kind of stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of that, that stuff that's already set up that they could use because it would have to be outdoors if it were here, obviously. So I mean, I, I think Nashville has that going for it. Um, the the turnout for the uniform unveiling, um, I think, definitely has to be a a point in the favor of the city. Um, because I mean, it was cold that night and, you know, it was, it was a, a uniform day and, and the uniforms ended up leaking, you know, a, a little bit before a couple days before the big event and people still turned out. Um, and, and then if you go back to last year and you look at like the predators, uh, just the, the amount of excitement that was down there, uh, you know, even around Bridgestone arena, all the people downtown watching the game outside and all that stuff. I, I just think that Nashville has put a really good foot forward over the last couple of years with things like that and so I, I really think there's a pretty good shot that it ends up here one of those two years um, we're talking about how you know Vegas would make sense in, in 2020 because um, the Raiders will be moving there then but what do you think I mean I, I think I think Nashville's got a pretty good shot yeah just listen to any media member uh, that's been to Nashville to cover a Titans game or, or a Preds game or whatever they all come away with saying Nashville is one of my favorite destinations to come to. You know, people want to come visit Nashville. It's the it city uh, in the South. You know, you, you hear it's going to be, it's going to rival Atlanta you know, in, in the future. So uh, it's kind of the happening thing. It's kind of the hot new thing right now. Uh, and just imagine putting the NFL draft right there on Broadway. How awesome would that be? I mean, it would just be such a unique spot. Uh, for the NFL, and really, you know, that would be something really, really unique, something new to the to the league. You know, they really haven't 
embrace Nashville all that much. So, uh, I mean, just look who they're up against: Kansas City and Denver and Cleveland. Or what do those what do those cities bring to the table? You know, you could talk me into Vegas, Sheriff, sure, with the the Raiders heading there in, in a couple of years. Uh, but like you said, 2020 makes more sense for Vegas. Uh, I, I see no reason why why Nashville shouldn't be the front runner here. It's probably because we live here. But uh, I mean, really, what's, what's Kansas City and Denver bringing to the table that Nashville isn't? Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. And I don't know, like you said, I just when you when you talk about the way that cities are growing, I mean, I don't I don't have that on you know Denver and Kansas City, but I don't they haven't been growing like Nashville has been. And so I, mean, I just really I don't know. There just seems to be a lot of stuff pointing in, in their favor here. Um, and when when is that going to be announced? I was trying to find it, and I it's can't. May 22nd or May 23rd. They didn't. It's one of those okay. two. It's when the NFL meets. Okay, so, yeah, the NFL meeting is toward the end of this month. So um, we'll obviously be keeping an eye on that. That would be cool. I mean, it would be cool to have it here. And I, I think any time uh, – there's never been an event here, and people, like you're saying, people walk away saying, man, Nashville sucked, and they they couldn't handle it, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the, the one thing is it would have to be outdoors. So you got, you have to hope for good weather. You know, they had the, the, the with it being in, uh, in Jerry world down there in Dallas, you know, you had the, the, the ability to have it covered if it needed to be. Um, so, I mean, that, that's obviously a benefit, but the other things you're talking about, it, it's going to be outdoors there too. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily a thing that, that hurts Nashville, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to watch. It'd be cool to see it here. Like you said, cool and see everything going down like that on Broadway, and just you know, again, just a good thing for the city and a, a thing that would bring some attention to the Titans uh, nationally, which they haven't gotten a lot of over the last few years. You know, obviously some of that's because they've been terrible, um, and so they don't you know much hype at that point. Hopefully that changes um, over the next couple of years, and you know they're back on the the, the NFL national map. But anyway, so like I said, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. It'd be it, it would be cool to see. All right, um, anything else that we need to cover tonight? I don't believe so. Okay, I think I'll do it. Um, just a heads up, we were, we were just kicking some things around before we came on tonight. Um, just ideas for topics a- as we move into this period where there's just not going to be a lot of NFL news. Um, you know, we'll have many camps and, and that kind of stuff over the next few weeks, but there's not, there, there's not going to be much more than that. So if you have any ideas of things to hear, you'd like to hear us discuss, um, hit us up, like I said, on Twitter. Me or Terry, I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry's at tlambertfb. Podcast account, I look on Titans. You can hit us up in those places. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, you know, we talked about kicking around some different things, just looking back at past seasons or past players that were interesting and, and just kind of talking about them. So any, any anybody you'd like to hear us talk about, any seasons you'd like to hear us talk about, you know, whatever it may be, just just let us know, and we'll do our best to work it in. Like I said, we're, gonna, we're still going to be here, uh, you know, two, three, four times a week throughout the offseason. Something to talk about, something to try to keep it interesting. So if you've got anything along those lines, let us know. But between now and then, uh, like I said, check out MusicCityMiracles.com. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be posting there regularly, keeping that up to date. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on there. Again, Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, wherever you get that. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.